to Totalus Rankium. This week, Nikephoros 2. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperors Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the Emperors from Totalus Rankium. What even happened there? <laughs> that, that was just words. <laughs> Extra dimensional. <laughs> We're going meta. <laughs> ranking all Totalus Rankiums. From Totalus to Rankium. <laughs> Totalus first week back at work. Right. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the Emperors from Augustus to Constantine 11, and this is episode 129, Nikephoros Now, we have an interesting situation here, don't we? Yes, I'm saying confidently, because I'm fully aware of what you're about to say. I'm not. I was just hoping you'd, it'd, it'd be a nice segue into something I didn't know about. Oh, I have totally ruined that segue. Oh, that's all right. Um, it's fine. I'll cut it. Yes, we do. Yes. Because last episode, that works quite well, actually. There you go. We should try these segues more. Yeah, yeah. but plan them. <laughs> last episode, we looked at Romanos 2. We did. We did. See, that was a pause for agreement. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but actually, we spent most of the episode, if you remember, because it's a while ago, it's our Christmas episode. Yep. Um, yeah, we spent most of the episode talking about one of his best generals, Nikephoros. And how he took back Crete, <gasps> while his brother took on Scythe's sword of destiny. Wait, if the general's called Nikephoros, yeah, right, yeah, bear with me. This week's emperor that is Ni also Nikephoros. called Nikephoros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Co there a link? Coincidence? It is, isn't it? Uh, well, in in the sense that it's the same person, and that's coincidental. Oh! Then yes. Spoiler. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, we ready? Biography time. Nikephoros. We don't know exactly when he was born. Okay. Uh, it had been around 9.12 a.m. or p.m., not sure. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny joke. Uh, he was born to the Focus family, a prominent family that has been in and out of our story for a while now. Yeah. Yes. So a bit of background on them. The Focus family f were from the Cappadocian region and have been a prominent aristocratic family for the last few decades. Bit well off. Yeah. Old money. Old money. They swan around. They flaunt it, they do. Ooh. Yeah. Peacock feathers, that kind of thing. Yeah, or, or just swords. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we don't know who Nikephoros's mother was, uh, but we do know his father was Bardas Focus. Bardas? Yes, we've come across him before. Yeah. He is the brother to the prominent general Leo Focus, and he's the one who was blinded oh, yeah. by Romanus I, remember? Yeah. We also know about Nikephoros that he had two brothers, at least. One called Leo, another Leo, and one called Constantine, because everyone's called bloody Constantine. <laughs> so they can be brother Leo and brother Constantine. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting now that names go out in and out of fashion like every five, six years, don't there? There's like a cycle of names and stuff. But in the Roman times, like Constantine's been around for like 900 years. You know, some people who think they're really cool name their child after where they were conceived. Jamie. <laughs> people like paris and oh yeah yeah brooklyn yeah exactly well obviously in constantinople you, you're gonna oh. you're gonna have a lot of constant <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 good yeah. point maybe it's that i don't know oh that explains our friend's name tesco <laughs> tesco comma behind <laughs> yeah 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 anyway when nikephros was a baby 
the Emperor Leo VI the Wise, going back a while here, mm. uh, and then his brother Alexander of the exploding testicles. <laughs> uh, they both died, as we have covered. Yes. Um, this left little Constantine the Purple-born as Emperor. Yeah. This, as we have also covered, caused the power struggle that led to the Faction War. Yeah. Now, Kefros's family were fully involved in the Faction War because, obviously... Nikephros' uncle, Leo Focus, was leader of one of the factions. And for a while, it looked like he was going to take the throne. Mm. He was on top for a bit, wasn't he? But then Romanos pulled a couple of moves, and he came out on top. And the fortunes of the Focus family tanked. Uncle Leo was blinded, and then ridden round on a donkey and laughed at. Which no one wants. No, but at least he didn't see the looks of their eyes. <laughs> That's true. Every cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Nikephros is about eight at this time. I'm guessing he wasn't taken along to see. <laughs> Go on, throw some at your uncle. On. Cheer <laughs> well, him on. Probably not. Yeah, he would have heard about it, though, surely. Yeah. In the classroom, probably. Probably <laughs> relentlessly. <laughs> probably. Yeah, so the, um, the family fall on hard times. The Focus family spent the next few decades out of the spotlight, keeping their heads down. Now, they don't disappear completely. There were still Focuses or Foci uh, in the court, and uh, some of the family stayed really quite close to Constantine the Purple-born while he was under his sort of palace arrest, while Romanos and his sons took over gently. Now, at some point during this time, Nikephros gets married. So he's older than eight now, presumably. Okay. Yeah. He marries a woman named Stefano. Nikephros and uh, Stefano have a son together, which is nice. And then, at some point... Possibly before, possibly after, Nikephros joins the army. Not as a lowly soldier, we presume, because obviously he's a focus. So he'll have gone in quite high. No rising through the ranks for him. No. He stayed high in the ranks. It's not as fun to sing. He stayed high in the ranks. Which just sounds like he was having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> then, at some point, Stefano dies. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's his first wife. Spoiler, he gets mad again. Um, yeah, uh, his first wife dies, and then so does his son. Oh, no. Yeah, in a horse-riding accident, apparently. His son was riding with his cousin, and then was accidentally killed with a spear. Bloody hell. Yeah, we have no more details of that. This is just a line in Skylitzes. And you're like, you can't put that line in and then not explain. <laughs> How did he accidentally die? Were they playing... Like javelins? Were they playing yeah, fighting? Catch. <laughs> oh, starts running through. Don't know. Maybe he just jumped off his horse without looking. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Kebab. <laughs> Tried to pole vault from the wrong end. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, um, not good. Nikephros took this badly, apparently. Well, you would, wouldn't well, you? you would. I mean, let's... We don't know how Stefano died, but let's say she died on a horse uh, accidentally killed with a spear. Oh. Common back then. Yeah. Yeah. Number so. one cause of death in the... Yeah. Uh, they weren't related. Like, literally, a couple of years apart. Uh, oh. Yeah. And he just got over that death, you know, just, just finally come to terms with it. It's like, right, yeah. I'm going to finally let you out, son, to a horse riding with... <laughs> and play spear tig <laughs> with your friends. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> no, don't no, don't worry about your arm. I know it slows you down. Off you go. <laughs> Just be careful. Remember how your mother died. Just think of your mum, yeah. So there you go. Uh, apparently, uh, if he wasn't already deeply religious, this is when he goes full on pious. Oh dear. 
Yeah, he finds God in a big way. And back then, finding God wasn't, I'm going to like eat some crumpets and try and be nice to people. Finding God was... Shaving your head. Fire and brimstone kind of yeah. finding, finding Ooh, God. Yeah. yeah. He takes an oath of chastity and he abstains from eating meat due to his grief. Well, you do sounds like that. If you're a bit sad, I don't want anything to eat. <laughs> Maybe it was that. I attempted yeah. with a kebab, sir. That's how my son died! <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was that. Yeah. He just couldn't face seeing any meat cooking on any kind of spit. <laughs> He's cremated. <laughs> on the pyre. Just turning the spear out gently. We've gone dark this We've week. We've gone very dark. <laughs> anyway, uh, presumably eventually he um, gets on with life. Yeah. Yeah. Comes to terms with it. Comes to terms with it. Now, the closeness of some of his family to Constantine the Purple Born then starts to pay off. Because Romanos is monked by his sons, and then his sons are monked a couple of weeks later by Constantine. Yeah. All of a sudden, Constantine Purpleborn is the sole emperor, and he was more than willing to see the fortunes of the Focus family restored, because a few of them had hung around and supported him. Mm. Now, Nikephoros's father, this is the brother of Leo Focus, remember, this is Bardos. Right. Uh, Bardos was given command of the whole army. Pretty good. As we have seen before, though, it turned out that Bardas was not the best of commanders. In fact, I used a quote last time, and I'll remind you of it. He brought little or no benefit to the Roman realm. Oh, <laughs> Which is a damning statement in your performance <laughs> review, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red pens out for that one. Yeah. I mean, does that mean he just stayed as a status quo? Did you nothing mentionable, or was... Oh, things just... were things were mentionable. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And here are the following reasons why. <laughs> yeah, no, he he lost a few battles, and then in one of them he was almost captured, and it was only because of his uh, personal servants managed to drag him away. Uh, but he su suffered a severe wound in one of his battles to his forehead that almost killed him. Ooh. So yeah, losing battles, almost being captured, being wounded. It's not what you want from your supreme commander. No. No. And then, in the fighting that was taking place between Scyph, Sword of Destiny, and the Romans at this time, Nikephros's brother Constantine. Remember he had a brother Constantine? Died? No, no, he's captured. Oh, okay. He was taken prisoner and taken to Aleppo, Scyph's hmm. capital, that we talked about last week, but we're in the past now, we've yeah. gone further back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did mention this, but I only mentioned it very briefly. Uh, it was later revealed... That brother Constantine died in prison. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so he did die. Oh, he did die, but yeah. not just yet. It was, okay, the, okay. it was the previous sentence. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, brother Constantine's not in this story much. He, he can't, yeah. cut, can't cut it short. <laughs> no, no. No. He was taken prisoner first, and then he died. Apparently, it wasn't mistreatment. Apparently, he just got ill and died. Yeah. Bardos didn't believe this, though. Well, he he believed his son had been murdered. So he ordered the slaying of several prominent caliphate prisoners in return. Now, perhaps due to this, and also because Bardos had now lost a number of battles, uh, the emperor decided that perhaps maybe someone else should be in charge of the army. Early retirement, Bardos? Yeah. And perhaps just to make this smooth, because it's hard firing your top general... Um, Doesn't look good. It was decided that another member of the Focus family should take over. Nikephros was chosen. Cool. Yeah. Things started to turn for the Empire. The General John Zimiskis. I think... Someone put how to say that, didn't they? Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I think it's Zimiskis. 
I will definitely learn before next week. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, for General John John T. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's I think that's right. Uh, he lost 4,000 men in battle. Ooh. Not great. But then Nikephros's brother Leo was able to capture one of Saif's cousins. So things started to look really bad, but suddenly... There was a glimmer of hope. And then things start to get better, because in 957, Nikephoros personally led a siege against the city of Adata, a city near the Taurus Mountains that had recently been fortified. Saif did not want to lose this fortified position, so he marched towards Nikephoros as soon as possible. But Nikephoros had a plan. Eagles. <laughs> sort of. He had been in contact with some Turkish mercenaries. Turkey. The Turks, yeah. We did come across some Turkish people yeah. like a couple of hundred, three hundred years ago, and they looked around for a bit and went, yeah, we like it here. And they kind of disappeared for a while. It, yeah. But yeah, no, just no. There were definitely Turks around. around still. Interesting. Biding their time, they are. So they yeah. are placed soon, they're saying. <laughs> yeah. The Romans. Well, at this time, these Turkish mercenaries were working for Saif. And, uh... Nikephros convinced them that perhaps their loyalties lay elsewhere Ooh. to this bag of gold. Ooh. Clink. It's the sound of the gold on the table. Oh, nice. Also establishing the scene there. Nice, nice. Yeah. What type of table? Uh, it was, um, you know, when you go shopping in Ikea <laughs> yeah. and then there's like the like children's bedroom area and they've just yeah, got yeah. lots of really cool little bits of furniture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just one weird little red plasky table with like big elephant legs. Nice. Um, from there. And you can't find it in like anywhere else in the shop. It's nice. just in the bedroom section yeah. for some reason. Oh, nice. Yeah. That. Cool. Yeah. Glad you asked. Yeah. Yeah. Visualize the scene better now. Yeah. It's very it's crystal clear now. Good. <laughs> like they're on normal chairs, so it's a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. Really far down. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the plan was, he said, <laughs> over this table. They had one of those little daylights as well. It was a lovely scene. Oh, yeah. Nice. Anyway, he says to these mercenaries, what you need to do is abduct Saif and then deliver him to me alive. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the plan failed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Saif found out. <laughs> Would you come with us, sir? <laughs> no. Damn. <laughs> Foiled again. Yeah, no, he... So I found out, uh, so the kidnapping didn't work, but what it did do is result in Saif deciding to head back home just to make sure everything was secure. It also made sure that the plotters were punished. I don't know how many people you had around that table. I'm at least 25. Right, uh, well, 180 people were executed. Wow. And 200 were mutilated. Oh. So I'm guessing it was just the rest of people in Ikea at the time. <laughs> just happened to be in the same section. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saif went all out. He was quite angry about this assassination attempt. That's first time I've heard the word mutilated. It was like tortured and disfigured. There were words we've used before, but mutilated. Well, the whole nose Ooh. thing is mutilation. I know, but it? It just the word sounds more vicious, doesn't it? Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, the plan hadn't worked. Saif was still alive, but he had managed to turn back the army through subterfuge. Uh, yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, things go from strength to strength for the Romans, as John Zimisces raids deep into Syria. And then, as we have seen, Constantine the Purple-Born dies. Yeah, he's well dead. Yeah, possibly poisoned by his son Romanos too. Possibly something to do with Theophano. 
but we've decided it's not likely. No. So Romanos II becomes emperor. He decides the first thing he's going to do is take back Crete, and he was going to use the very capable Nikephoros to do it. And Fair this enough. is what we spent all of last episode covering, so no details here. I'm just going to remind you what happened. Nikephoros landed and sieged the capital of Crete over winter. Meanwhile, his brother Leophocus defeats Scythe, the Sword of Destiny, in the Taurus Passes. Come the spring, Nikephoros tunnelled under the walls of the Crete capital and brought the walls tumbling down. He entered the city and took it apart. Ooh, brick by brick. Limb by limb. Ooh. Yeah. Then he headed back to the capital. He celebrated in the Hippodrome. Lots of fanfare, lots of fancy stuff being thrown around. Coins. Armour, shields, look what I've got. It's a head. <laughs> that kind of thing. This one still has his hair. <laughs> yeah. I was just going for the helmet, but it's wedged in. <laughs> then he went on a couple of campaigns in the east, taking a couple of major cities from Scythe and then finally taking Aleppo itself. As we saw at the end of the last episode, he was busy packing up the loot from Scythe's capital when he heard that Romanos was dead. So, now we just need to catch up with what's going on in the capital, and then we can start start his reign. Yeah. So, Romanos' wife is Theophano, who some historians claimed was behind the deaths of not only Romanos' father, but also Romanos himself. Again, doesn't seem likely, but yeah, who knows. Now, the city at this time was run by the Lord Chamberlain, someone who I only mentioned briefly last time. His name was Joseph... Bringus. Bring oh, as, as a name ripe for jokes. I'm oh, sure. it, it, it totally is Joseph. <laughs> uh, uh, Joseph Bringus was a eunuch who had risen Ooh. to power, and he was pretty much left to himself to run things whilst Romanos too was emperor, uh, leaving time for Romanos to do things like hunt and eat poison, or the other things he liked to do. So Joseph's in charge, and Romanos dies. All of a sudden... Joseph Bringus finds himself in charge of the Empire, like, properly. Yeah. Not working behind the scenes for the Emperor, but it's like, well, it's just me now. But of course he's a eunuch, and eunuchs cannot become Emperor. No. So someone's going to have to take the position. Now, don't forget, there are actually two Emperors around at this time. Yeah? No. No, I thought you had it for a moment. No, I was thinking, I was like, I, I know definitely one's Romanus. Well, no, Romanos is dead. No, he's dead, so it can't be him. No, but he did have two small boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of whom was called... Don't look at your notes. Come on, you can do this. Leo? No. Constantine? Of course. One's yeah. called Constantine, and the other is Basil, who will become Basil II. Okay. Yeah. So you've got little Basil <laughs> and little Constantine uh, as children, but they're still really quite small, so the Empire needs to be run by somebody. Like an administrator. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately for Bringus, though, who must have been thinking, well, me, that's me, surely. I was mm. running it before, I can run it now. Uh, Theophano did not trust this man whatsoever. Oh. She assumed that Bringus would be trying to do something to prevent her children from taking the throne. So, Theophano starts to think of a way to shore up her position. Not an easy task, considering she had given birth literally two days before Amatnus' death. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, Theophano is... The regent, like, technically. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't have any real power. No. Uh, so much so, I don't think she's going to get her own episode, unfortunately. No. Uh, because at no point does she actually seem in charge of anything. 
a bit like um oh what's her name Zoe Zoe Co- Zoe? oh you said it Zoe Colise yeah Zoe yeah and I see for a good chunk of time she was actually ruling the city yeah. and the empire you don't really get that impression with Theophano she just gets a lot of blame for practically every death that happens because okay. she's the only woman in the story mm. yeah so um I, I don't know we might get to the end of her story and decide whether she needs a, a quick episode we'll, we'll make that call okay but yeah I mean she realised that she had no power no one was going to listen to her Brengus has all the strings to pull all the puppets in the city. So, that's what's happening in the capital. Back to Nykephros, who has recently packed up all the loot, shaken the hands of all of his soldiers and said, well done lads, you can all go home now. And they've all started to disperse. Yeah. It takes a while to disperse your army. Yeah. That's what he's doing. 40,000 people. Yeah, exactly. And he's starting to head back to the capital. However... He then hears, not just of the death of the Emperor, but he also gets a letter from Theophano. Who delivered it? <laughs> Roger. Yay! Roger delivered it. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been on holiday recently. He doesn't do holidays. When I say he's been on holiday, someone had given him a letter for Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea where that was. So. Found it, though. Oh, yeah. He got there. He got there. That letter was discovered. Anyway, <laughs> so Roger happily hands Nykephros this letter from Theophano. I'll just paraphrase the letter. It said something along the lines of, Hi there. Um, is there any chance that you could come back to the capital? as quickly as you possibly can to protect my sons. I don't trust Bringus one bit. I will make this worth your while. Winky face emoji. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Courgette? No, courgette. <laughs> Maybe. Aubergine? <laughs> Maybe. Eggplant is what they Egg call plant. them in America. Yeah, for our American listeners there. Aubergine. Uh, aubergine. It's an aubergine. Um, yeah, possibly. Possibly one of those emojis. Who knows? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Nykephros spent a while trying to decipher the meaning of of these emojis, like everyone does, Uh, but then decides, you know what, make it worth your while, sounds good. Yeah. I'm going to head back, Uh, which he was kind of doing anyway, but he just, like, speeds up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it just so happens that Nykephros and Bringus, you'll never guess, they do not get on. I don't know. They don't know. That was surprising. Yeah, so Nykephros was more than happy to get back just for that reason, really. Uh, he didn't have time to raise his troops. I mean, he just, like, let them all go. Uh, so instead, he just gathers a smaller group of men with him and makes haste. They must have been so annoyed doing the overtime now. I don't know. Overtime pay, though. That's true. Yeah, time and a half, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Meanwhile, Bringus has found out about the letter. He had someone tracing Roger. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, put, like, ink on the bottom of his shoes. Clever. So, yeah, so... Like footprints all the way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Bringus not happy about this letter. He attempted to convince those powerful in the city that Nykephros was a danger, talking to the Senate about how Nykephros should be arrested as soon as he entered the city. He's clearly coming back to try and coup. Well, now you put the idea into his head. <laughs> well, Bringus was r- winning people around when Nykephros arrived. And it was here that Bringus realised that he had misjudged the popularity of the general. The city loved Nykephros. He had taken back Crete. He had taken down Scythe, the Sword of Destiny. I mean, come on. He had raised Aleppo in revenge for the damage the Caliphate had done for the last 300 years. I mean, he's their star general. Right, handcuffing guys. (laughs) Why is no one doing it? 
Well, the public were fully expecting Nikephoros to get a full-on triumph, which he didn't get for Crete, if you can believe some sources. Apparently it was just a sort of party in the Hippodrome thing, but not a full-on parade through the city. So the public are going, no, he deserves it now, surely. Let's let's really throw him throw him a triumph. He's, he's, this is brilliant. It's the best the Empire's been doing for literally centuries, mm. militarily. So as everyone was excitedly talking about this, it dawns on Bringus that he can't really order the man's arrest. It really won't go down very well. Uh, but he was still worried Nikephoros was going to take the throne. So he ordered that Nikephoros report to him as soon as he was in the city. Now, depending on the source, mm. depends on what happened next. So we get to choose. Yay, all right. Yeah. So... Story number one. Nikephros, being no one's fool, suspected that Bringus was trying to trap him. Because Bringus was trying to trap him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he assumed, most probably correctly, that he would be arrested as soon as he set foot in the palace. So instead, Nikephros went through the crowds of cheering people and then headed straight for the Hagia Sophia. So not into the palace, but somewhere else that's religious. Yes, yeah, somewhere religious. He likes religion. Walks into the building... Yeah. Checks for dome safety. Checks the goats are there. Yeah, everything's fine. And then he publicly accused Bringus of plotting to kill him. In fact, I quote, What fine rewards I receive for all my toil and labour from the man who is in charge of the Imperial Palace. He does not hesitate to plot my death, although with the help of the Almighty I have expanded the Roman frontiers and have never harmed the public interest but rather have made a greater contribution than any man alive. Bit big-headed, but fair point. <laughs> it is a little bit, isn't it? Walking into the biggest cathedral in the world. I am great. <laughs> <laughs> that man over there's not. Uh, well, I mean, the crowd... The crowd were very much behind him, yeah, as you can imagine. Uh, the current patriarch, a man named Polyuctus, this is the one that caused Constantine the Purple-born so much trouble before he died, because he kept talking about number of marriages and stuff. Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, he's apparently just a bit of a grumpy stick-in-the-mud old man. Anyway, Polyuctus the patriarch then decides to go with Nikephoros to the Senate. Now, remember, the Senate aren't, don't have any legal powers anymore, but no. they're still the richest men in the city, so they still have power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so off to the Senate they go. Uh, the Patriarch told the Senate that the young emperors, Basil and Constantine, need protecting. And who better to protect them than this great general? I imagine Nikephoros pointing to himself at that yeah. point. Me! With his thumbs. Yeah, or, or big badge great general. Yeah. In fact, this general's so great, he'll go right back right now to his armies and do some more hardcore protecting. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Sounds like quite a good way of defusing the situation. We'll set, almost send him away again. Yeah, yeah. To prove how good he is. A furious Bringus watched as the Senate voted for Nikephoros to go back to the east. Nikephoros left the city shortly afterwards, but only after he had met and had a word or two with Theophano. A word? A word or two about those emojis. Ooh. Yeah. So what is this? <laughs> it, it, it looks like an aubergine. <laughs> Crudely drawn. <laughs> and it looks like it's crying? <laughs> Whatever so, do you mean? So, uh, that's the first story, or at yeah. least parts of what we've just said. This is the first story. <laughs> 
There is, however, another version. Apparently, when Nikephros got to the city, realising that Bringus suspected him of something, he headed directly to Bringus's house with just one attendant. He not just imagine the look on his face when he opened. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, he knocked on the door, and apparently, a confused person answered. Uh, a doorman, perhaps, um, answered and sort of taken aback, lets him in, and he is taken to bring us. It's it's Nikephros. He's he's here to see you. Oh, Nikephros then takes Bringus to one side and shows him his hair shirt. That went in so many different directions. <laughs> what? <laughs> Showed him his hair shirt. Hair shirt. Yes. Shirt made out of hair. Yes. Wool. Well, I did look into this. Um, you've got different ideas and theories and possibilities of what we mean by hair shirts. Uh, you've got hair shirts that were literally made of hair and were horrible and itchy, irritating things to wear, that people would wear on purpose as penance. Oh. Yeah, to show how goddamn godly you were. Uh, <laughs> I'm the most godly there is. Yeah, because I have skin irritation, therefore... I'm close to God. <laughs> I have a slightly mild inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. Like human um, hair. I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't think human hair myself, but maybe it is. Maybe he's just got a really hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, a shame. Um, however, when I did do a little bit of looking into this, apparently... Uh, Hair shirts could also just mean a rough material. It didn't need to be literal hair. But we're, we're talking <laughs> we're talking an uncomfortable material. The okay. idea is that you wear it so you don't feel too relaxed. Because glass. Glass. That Shards would, of glass. That would, that would work. That would work. You'd definitely be thinking of God a lot. Vegetable shirt. But, It'd be fine to start with. But then. After a few weeks. Yeah. yeah nasty. Anyway, he's got this hair shirt on. Uh, apparently, it was given to him by one of his uncles, one I've not mentioned yet, who eventually becomes a saint. Oh. Yeah, so godly family, and Nikephros is going down that route. So, um, anyway, he shows off his, his hairy shirt <laughs> to Bringus, and um, essentially says, look, Bringus, you've got me all wrong. Look how holy I am with my hair shirt. It's actually been my dream for years to join a monastery. I want to be monked. Uh, it's only because I'm needed by the state, because of just how, how goddamn brilliant I am as a general, that uh, I've not gone to be a monk already. But in fact, I've even given money to my friend to build a monastery that I want to move into. Mm. Which was true. Remember all the money from Crete he got? Yeah. Yeah, he gave it to one of his friends, Athanasius, to build a monastery. So that's that's being built at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, according to this version, Bringus believes this and goes, oh, okay, maybe I've got it wrong. I'm really sorry. In fact, it says he fell to his knees and begged for forgiveness, if you can believe such a tale. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> anyway, Nikephros then left and then left the city but not before having a word or two with Theophano about that letter. So it's very similar, just a different lead-up to it. Yeah, yeah. Our first one by a mile. I'm going for both. I can't see why he didn't do that to begin with, hair shirt, and then just walked straight to the Hajj of Sophia and just went, bring us wants to kill me. Oh, that's devious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I quite like. 
Or he could have done that to start with. He wants to kill me. Then he went around to visit Bringus. Maybe, maybe. All we know, not what we know for certain, uh, all that may have happened is that Nykephros went to the city, Bringus tried to bring him down but could not. Nykephros had support of the people and the Senate. So after Nykephros left the city, Bringus either A was furious or B had second thoughts about trusting Nykephros and decides that Nykephros needs to be brought down a peg or two. So, he has a plan. He approaches a general high up in the army, and I'll be able to quote her. After talking to him in some dark corner, he told the general his secret. If you follow my advice and assume the command of the East, I will soon declare you emperor and raise you to the imperial throne. So in other words, why don't you go and like bump off Nykephros? take command of the armies, and then I will say you should be emperor. Cool. Hush, <laughs> replied Marinos. <laughs> I'd like to think... I like finger on lips. Finger on lips, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very tender scene. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> You're cheapening this. <laughs> With your talks of coups. <laughs> <laughs> there must be more of this. Stop provoking and inciting a monkey to fight with a folly-armed giant, who is feared not only by neighbouring tribes of peoples, but also by all those on which the sun shines as it rises and sets. But if you want me to give you an opinion, since you are at a loss and worried, I will tell you forthwith. You know that John, whom they call Zimiskis, potentially, if that's how you pronounce it, is ambitious, extremely aggressive, and good in warfare. I think he will accept this undertaking. The host will follow wherever he leads, and your wishes will be carried out. Don't think that you can overthrow this immovable and unshakable tower in any other way. Do you think Bringus is just going, monkey, giant, what are you on about? (laughs) So Bringus decides that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to make his move. In the capital, he stripped any member of the Focus family of any power whatsoever. Then he made sure he had tabs on where they all were, including Bardos. Nykephros' uh, father. He's still in the city. Then, the plan is set in motion. Bringus sends his letter. Fire Roger, obviously. Hello, sir! Send this letter to John Zimiskis. I shall put my wings on high. Excellent. So, off Roger goes. The letter essentially said Bringus, as Lord Chamberlain, would support John Zimiskis becoming Emperor if he disposed of Nykephros in any way he seemed fit. I'll leave the details up to you. There. <laughs> Maybe. It's a bit weird, because he, he'd, he'd want to protect... Surely he his his job is to ensure that um, Constantine and Basil yeah. are in power, but he's saying, actually, no, screw them, you can be emperor instead. Yeah. Just, just because he's jealous about somebody taking over from away from those people. Well, he's don't doing forget... Himself. What a contradictory son of a mother. Don't forget, Bringus and Nykephros do not get on. If Nykephros becomes more powerful... Bad things could happen to bring us. This is all self-preservation here. This is why you need to make friends with people. <laughs> yes, it is. Just say, look, I'm sorry, bad blood, glass of wine. Can't we all just get along? Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently not. All right. <laughs> yeah. If we can believe Leo the Deacon, then we get a scene where John Zimiskis opens the letter in camp where he is with Nykephros. He reads the letter through. Nightfall falls like it does. <laughs> Zimskis then stands and heads to the tent belonging to Nykephros. 
what stood behind the sleeping commander, he reaches inside his tunic and pulls out. A sword? No. An aubergine. (laughs) The letter. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. And I'll quote him. You, my good man, have been sleeping a very deep sleep, while the good Joseph, the man in charge of the Imperial Court, is plotting your death with murderous frenzy. (laughs) Nikephoros, come on, come on now. Come on, they're trying to kill you. Yeah, um, Zimisky's having none of this. He goes straight to Nikephoros and just gives up the plan. Backstabbing person. Loyal person. Loyal, loyal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Backstabbing to poor, well, I say poor. What, Bringers? Yeah. Well, Zimiskis was never part of the plan no, to begin no. with. He, he just, yeah, he approached the wrong man. <laughs> anyway, once Nykephoros was aware of the plot, he decides there's nothing else for it, and he declares himself emperor. <laughs> I'm so great. Why not? So he starts to raise his troops. Meanwhile, as soon as it became clear that his plot had failed, Bringus started raising troops of his own to block Nykephoros from coming back across the Bosphorus. <laughs> Imagine Nykephoros just, yeah, good luck with that. Best general on the planet at the moment. <laughs> well, actually, the blockade works. Oh. Nykephoros arrived within sight of the capital, but realised that if he wanted to cross the water, he'd have to do some fighting. Roman-on-Roman Roman fighting in front of the walls of the city doesn't look great. No, it says, sends a so message, doesn't it? He pauses to think of what to do. His brother, Leo, soon arrives. He had escaped from the city, um, and he'd got some bad news. He had escaped from the city, but their father was still inside. Oh, no. Yeah, Vardus is now in his 80s, apparently. So he's really getting on. And not he's, the best general as well. No, he's so. got a chunk out of his head missing still. Ooh. Yeah, so... Well, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he's still in the hands of Joseph Bringus. However, what they didn't know is that their ageing father had actually managed to escape where he was being held and managed to make his way to the Hajar Sophia where he claimed sanctuary. Yeah. Bringus, outraged as soon as he found out about this, because, I mean, obviously a good hostage to have sent some troops to go and get him back. It's like when you watch your kids play Tig, it's like, no, I'm in the den, I'm in the den, you can't have me. Yeah, uh, not only is Bringus in the den, it's also a Sunday. And everyone knows the den's extra safe on a Sunday. Yeah, (laughs) it's got a chalk line around it. Yeah, um, there was large crowds, obviously, on a Sunday in the cathedral, and uh, you've got Bringus in the middle of it. The troops try to push their way through to get to the old man. The crowd push the troops back. Wow. Yeah, they're not happy. I mean, Nykephros' father, they just celebrated a triumph for this man, and the man's father's now, what, being arrested? What for? What's going on? He's 80. Yeah, leave the old man alone. He doesn't know what's going on. He's eating his gruel. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a massive hole in his head. (laughs) I mean, the only person who's been able to understand him since is Jeff. (laughs) Just leave him alone. He also has a hole in his head, weirdly. <laughs> Thought it's a fashion. <laughs> Took a pickaxe to it ten years ago. Yeah, uh, Bringus was not happy when he got a report that his troops he had sent into the Hajar Sophia had just been pushed out again with a polite no thank you. So, losing it a little bit at this point, he storms off to go and see the Patriarch, who lives in a building that's, like, joined to the cathedral. Right. He demanded that Bardos be handed over right now. I'm the Lord Chamberlain, damn it. Otherwise, Joseph Bringus would cut off the city's supply of food and people would start starving to death. He's not winning any popularity contests here. If you want to get people on your side, 
You don't threaten that. <laughs> Just wait, because according to this source, he then stormed out, sort of through the Hajj Sophia, like shooting daggers at Bardos, who we can't touch. And then <laughs> He's doing it out the window. <laughs> storms through the streets, heading back to the palace, whilst passing bread stalls, ordering them to be shut down. Because no no more food for everyone. The, the, the look on your face is probably the look that everyone had at the time. It's, what? what? Shut down the bread... Why? What's the Lord Chamberlain? What? Yeah, so... The order doesn't really get followed. And, uh, Do you think it's like, no? <laughs> Who are you? You're not the emperor. Yeah, well, perhaps Joseph Bringus then calmed down a bit, realising that this was a stupid plan. I mean, all he's going to do is anger people. So, he comes up with another plan. He really wants his hostage back. So, he sent for the two young boy emperors, little Basil and Constantine. Oh. And with them... He heads to the Hajj Sophia. Now the crowds were much smaller by this time because it was later on in the day and the surface service was over. So he was able to enter the Hajj Sophia and quietly talk to the eighty-year-old man with the two boys nearby. Now we don't know what they talked about, but apparently Bardos then stood up and went with Joseph Bringus back to the palace. Interesting. So we can only assume perhaps there was some subtle threats, or maybe just because the crowds were thinner. Joseph Bringus decided, you know what, I'm just going to say, come with me, old man. How much can he resist? Uh, Who knows? Oh, that's interesting. That'd be fascinating what the conversation would be. Yeah, we just don't really know how it happened. But what we do know is that Bardos ends up in the palace once more. Not long afterwards, the crowds start forming for the next service of the day. And some people go, hang on, where's Bardos? Isn't he meant to be claiming sanctuary here? Where's he gone? (laughs) So they look around for him, like under the pews and everything. No, yeah. he's not there. As they check with the goats, they've not seen him. Um, then uh, the patriarch finds out, through rumour, that Bardos is back in the palace. Oh. So the patriarch, furious at this, storms off. I mean, he'd offered his sanctuary. How dare the Lord Chamberlain come and take this man away out of the church? No. So the patriarch storms off towards the palace and finds... A confused-looking Bardos in a waiting room, completely unhurt, just sort of sitting around. Using his position of the Patriarch, he then takes Bardos back to the Hajj Sophia. <laughs> can tell there's a lot of guards standing around just wondering, who are we supposed to be following yeah. here? What's going on now? <laughs> It's like the Lord Chamberlain said, bring him here, but he's the Patriarch. Are we allowed to say no to him? What's going on? <laughs> I'm confused. So... <laughs> At this point, Joseph Bringus hears that Bardos is back in the Hajj Sophia once more. Ah, oh, son of <laughs> poor, poor Bardos. I mean, he's in his eighties. <laughs> yeah. Just playing past the parcel with him by this point. Anyway, Joseph Bringus <laughs> forms a large troop of soldiers. He's had enough. He's just going to go in and take the old man. Yeah. However, another large crowd had formed, and when the soldiers made to grab the old man. The riot starts. Oh dear. Now it's at this point, an ally of Nikephoros, who lived in the city, made his move. Now we have come across him very, very briefly before. I mentioned him just because I knew he came up again. 
Um, Romanos I, going back all the way to him, he had an illegitimate son called Basil. That illegitimate son became friends with Constantine the Purple Born. Uh, this Basil was castrated as a child, so he couldn't like grow up to try and take over his father because he was illegitimate. But if you remember, I mentioned, mentioned that Constantine the Purple Born decided to make this Basil his Lord Chamberlain. Mm. Now, he's not Lord Chamberlain anymore, obviously. That's Joseph Bringus. But this... Uh, eunuch Basil, not to be confused with the little boy Emperor of the time, uh, does not like the current Lord Chamberlain, so decides to make his move now. He arms all of his servants, apparently all 3,000 of them, Ooh. and they <laughs> storm the Forum in the city. Okay. They attack the house of Joseph Bringus, they attack his supporters and the troops that are with him. The city descends into utter chaos. The fires start. Yeah. Three days of just pandemonium. The city burns. The troops that had been ordered to stop Nikephoros from crossing the Bosphorus start to wonder what exactly they're doing. I mean, they're now defending a burning city from a man who actually most of them think would actually make a pretty good emperor. What are we doing here? It did not take much for Basil to convince them to stand down. And now I'll quote. Nikephros mounted on a proud white horse, adorned with imperial ornaments and purple cloths, entered through the golden gate, applauded and honoured by all the people and officials. Then, when he went to the celebrated Church of God, he received worthy honours from the clergy. He was crowned at the age of 53. That was really annoyed Bringus. Bringus is not best pleased. He didn't die in the riots, uh, but he was captured. Yeah. He was monked and exiled. Yeah, yeah, not killed. I do a lot of monking recently. I guess they do because they okay, they are more religious. So it's sort of like this is probably the best way to deal with it because they'll yeah. it'll improve their lives and get. You don't come across as a crazy tyrant because you're not executing nope. people, but you've put them away mm. in a nice little monastery somewhere, and we all know how unsafe those monasteries are. So many bad things. Accidents happen, happen all the time in monasteries. Falling masonry. Yeah, the, the domes. They're really. Yes. <laughs> you've got to be careful of the domes. How long was he there for? <laughs> Two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's just enough time as well to feel comfortable. <laughs> yes. I'm safe now. <laughs> Arrow out of the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> so Nikephoros is now the emperor. He meets with Theophano, and presumably, as was arranged, she was sent out of the city in exile. Hmm. Yeah, which might sound weird. Like, well, why is she being exiled? She was the one who asked for help. Two younger sons, she's going to want to try and... Uh, it's not that. It's all part of a plan, you see. Because a month later, with everything sorted and They had a conversation, up, didn't they? They did, yeah. They had that conversation. And it turned out the plan was she'd get out the way for a bit so no one accused them of anything improper. Ah. Like Ephros would sort things out and then invite her back to wet way oh it was so improper <laughs> unbelievable the things they did wrong <laughs> there aren't emojis to show what they did. <laughs> no they're not there aren't enough emojis well if there are they're right at the end of the emojis where you've just got the weird symbols and like laughs and <laughs> yeah. stuff that no one uses <laughs> yeah um this wedding took place in the near remember the the new cathedral yeah yeah um it was a bigger, wasn't it, than Harger, is it? Uh, it's sort know. of about the same, but it was newer, and there was only one goat. So, yeah. That's more high-tech. More high-tech, yeah. 
However, there was a problem. If you remember, the reason why Constantine the Purple Born had fallen out with his patriarch was because that patriarch was a stuck in the mud who really got annoyed by things to do with multiple marriages. Oh. Yeah. The patriarch married the couple, so Nikephros and Theophano are wed, but then literally during the wedding, he publicly announced that the emperor now must serve penance for wedding twice. <laughs> He was banished from the church for a year. It's like, there are times to say this kind of thing. German wedding ceremony, not the right time. You're gathered here today to join these two. Oh, by the way, you're banned <laughs> for a year. Because <laughs> this is disgraceful. <laughs> if anyone has any objections. This sinful couple. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, as you can imagine, Nikephros, uh, not happy. He's very devout, if you remember. I mean, he's he wears a, a shirt made of his yeah. uncle's hair or something like that. Um, <laughs> saintly hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even he thought this was too much. I mean, he's he's all for one for following the church's rules, but really? For a year? What? What? Soon afterwards, all the leading bishops in the area... Uh, had a meeting, and it was decided that this particular law that the Patriarch was referring to uh, was quite archaic. Uh, in fact, it had come from Constantine Pouface's reign. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Constantine Pouface, if you remember, he was an iconoclast. Mm. And it's like, we don't need to follow his rules anymore. He's not even a real person. So. Yeah, so it's like, we, we can definitely safely ignore this rule. So out of interest, who arranged this meeting? <laughs> between all the bishops who who suggested that they should get together maybe maybe look at this in greater detail interestingly uh it kind of suggests that it was actually polyuctus who was what doing this <laughs> in a kind of let's all get together and talk about this you don't get the impression that polyuctus was uh really outraged by this he just really was a stickler for the rules but <laughs> but it says so it just says here i mean <laughs> I'd love to go against it, but... But I don't know. Um, I, surely, surely this is, um, this is Nikephros pulling strings or, or to make he, this meeting Or maybe he, Polyuctus, arranged it so they would agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> they then, all went, nah, you're just being an idiot. Because Nikephros had spoken to them and gone, well, you, come on, here's, here's some more gold. Back <laughs> around the Ikea table. Yeah. Well, no, um, it... It was definitely decided. It did. It could be ignored. The patriarch didn't care. No, he went. No, it can't be ignored. It's in the rule book, right here. It says so right here. What if we crossed it out? <laughs> <laughs> but then a rumor reached the patriarch's ears. Nikephros had been the godfather of one of Theophano's children. Now, oh, that's now. Was it now incest? Is that oh yeah yeah. Oh, you yeah. got it. Because <laughs> at this time, if you're god siblings. Your siblings in the eyes of God. I mean, that that's incest, damn it. The patriarch was so outraged, he stormed off straight away to the palace, where he just stormed into Nikephoros' rooms and told the emperor that he even needed to get rid of Theophano completely or be excommunicated for life. Wow. Oh, this is a bit like a Henry VIII style, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Nikephoros not pleased. He pulled some strings. Certain piles of gold were found in certain people's sock drawers. Soon enough, the man who had told the rumour to the Patriarch to begin with was located, and uh, persuaded, shall we say, to tell the Patriarch that this rumour wasn't true. We have no details. Matchsticks under fingernails. Yes. That's how I teach my class times tables. Nice, I like it. They learn very quickly. They do, yeah. Um, then, Bardos was wheeled out. I mean, poor Bardos, he'd had a time of it recently. Uh, but he was well-respected in the city now, especially after all the uh, riots that started trying to protect him. Uh, he'd also been made Caesar, a title that had not been used for quite some time. 
Um, really? Yeah, yeah, just as a, a way to honour. <laughs> he was wheeled out and he told the Patriarch that there was no truth to the rumours. The Patriarch was convinced they were all lying, but it would appear that literally everyone in the city just wanted all this to go away now. Yeah. Seriously, Polyoctus, just stop. stop. <laughs> You've lost, give up. So the Patriarch took this way out, fair enough. But there was bad blood between the Emperor and the head of the church forevermore. Or at least between these two. However, if Nikephros thought that his marriage problems were over, he was dismayed when his good friend Athanasius turned up. Athanasius? You mentioned him before. Yes, he's the one who is currently building a monastery. Oh. Yeah, you remember? He was given yeah. the money from Crete to build yeah. a monastery. And uh, yeah, the whole idea is the two of them were going to retire there. They were going to be monked and retire in the monastery. Were they... It, it does seem all very bromancy, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, especially when you hear what happens next. Because <laughs> Pelopanasius turns up really upset. It's like the kind of, what the hell's going on? I'm busy building this monastery for us that you said we were going to retire in. Here you are, you've got married. <laughs> How dare you? And you're emperor? <laughs> I'm building a monastery man! Brick by brick! Yeah. I've got a whole new set of hair shirts! <laughs> just imagine him storming here one day. <laughs> now Kefros just looking up. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> Didn't plan it to go this way. <laughs> yeah, apparently Athanasius was really upset because he had just finished the church. Uh, apart from the domes, the, uh, the domes are tricky, as we know. So, yes. Yeah, but apart from that, the, the whole thing is done. He'd even built a little room for Nykafros to get really close to God in. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some, <laughs> some serious monking could go on in this place, definitely. You could monk yourself all day <laughs> yeah. in that room. But instead, here Athanasius turns up, Nykafros has opted for the pleasures of the flesh. Ugh. Ugh. Yes, Athanasius was outraged. The emperor apparently pleaded with his friend to forgive him. He did not want to get married to this woman, apparently. <laughs> I'd like to think Theophano was sat there. <laughs> yeah, now apparently he didn't want to get married to this woman that, just by the by, all contemporary sources describe as being remarkably beautiful. Seriously good looking. Yeah. This is why Romanos, like, said no to Otto the Great's niece so he could get married to her. So, But apparently he didn't want to get married to her. He was forced to get married to her by the Senate. They had told him that an emperor must be wed, so he had married the Augusta. But they had not, and they would not ever, get to know each other, he promised. Absolutely not. We're wed, but we're, we're not doing it. No. No. Not at all. Definitely not. Not at all. One day, he then told his good friend, the state would be stable enough that he would indeed retire to the monastery and be with his friend. Aww. They could just love God together. Yeah. Athanasius, poor Athanasius. <laughs> so, <laughs> spent ages on that monastery. He did. But he was somewhat mollified by this. Okay, fair enough, he's coming back. So he headed back to the church, where one of the half-completed domes fell on his head killing him instantly. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> the goats were not working that day. <laughs> oh, I bet he said, no, this is too... God will hold it up. Send the goats away. Or maybe this was just Nykephros putting a problem away. Maybe he slipped oh. one of the goats. Bit so... of Valium to relax him slightly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sleeping on the job. So, yeah, poor Athanasius is dead. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, by this time, Nicephoros felt it was high time to look further afield. Now, the Romans have done fairly well raiding into Syria recently, as we've seen, so it's yep. time to make things a bit more permanent. He heads off at the head of his army. Oh, he's heading the army? Oh, yeah. Taking, yes, is, yeah, yeah. taking Theophano and the two boy emperors with him. That's very interesting. Yeah, family outing. It's like back with the Severans now, this is. Mm. Are these kids? No, no, no. They are uh, Romanos II's kids, but he's now stepdaddy. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because he obviously, well, I don't know what's going to happen next, but he, he doesn't seem to be establishing his dynasty. It's just sort of like... Well, no, no, the arrangement was, when they were talking about their emojis, come back, <laughs> look after the boy emperors, and you can be emperor whilst you do it. It's pretty much the deal they seem to have made. Mm. Yeah, so let's just uh, hope Nykephros doesn't get any ideas about his no. own dynasty. Let's just yeah. hope that... Anyway, <laughs> at this point, he goes off. Uh, he, he's got Theophano and the two boys with him. Uh, they stay a safe distance back, obviously. But during the campaign, Nikephros took over 20 fortified towns from the Emirates around the pa mountain passes into Syria, just solidifying their hold on the area. Does really rather well. He's very good. Oh, he is good. With the area fully controlled, including the taking of the city of Tarsus, so that is the main city guarding the passes, it's theirs now, and that's on the other side of the mountain passes, so that they, they've got full control in and out of Syria now. Yeah. Uh, Nikephros then sends troops over to take Cyprus, which they do, oh. just like that. So that's Cyprus back in the Empire. Little fact, Cyprus is the most southernmost European point. Nice. In the continent of Europe. What is the westerly most state of the United States of America? Westerly? Hawaii? No. Alaska. Alaska actually extends further. Really? Yeah. Oh, because it's got more of a curve because it's higher up on the globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Is, that's really it? interesting. Yeah. Argentina is further east than New York City. I knew that. Oh, what? No, what? Yeah. I thought you said for the West. No. Oh, I need to shut my globe out. <laughs> do you? That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Anyway, we become sidetracked. <laughs> like tangent there. <laughs> Geography to that's Rankian. <laughs> so anyway, back back to the history. Yeah, the reason why they were able to take Cyprus so easily is the the Abbasid Caliphate is really in free fall by this point now. Resistance oh. next to nothing. A couple of fleets were sent, one from Egypt, but it wasn't enough to stop the empire. Uh, the cities did try and defend themselves, obviously. But Nikephoros... Leading the men personally used his tried-and-tested method of tunnelling under towers and then burning the tunnels to cause the towers to collapse like oh, we yes. saw you last that, yeah. time. Yes, yeah, so he, he pulls that trick a few more times and it, it works. What as well. think they'd learn. Yeah, well, they don't. <laughs> Make deeper walls. <laughs> Uh, he also ran a tight ship, shall we say. One soldier, on a long hot march, threw his shield on the floor. Couldn't be bothered to carry it anymore. Uh, the Emperor, sometime afterwards passed the shield on the floor whilst they were marching along. Well, that's odd, he thought. Why is there a shield on the floor? So he ordered the man without a shield be found to explain himself. Why did you drop your shield? I know what I would do if I was the emperor. And I was mean. What? Defend yourself and stab him. Oh, nice. No, he doesn't do that. He just orders that his nose be cut off. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he said defend yourself whilst the man was being held down. I don't know. <laughs> However... The captain who was given the order to do this took pity on the soldier and let the soldier off, figuring, 
I mean, there's literally thousands of us here. The Emperor's not going to spot one guy who should have his nose cut off. Well, I mean, you are. You, you'd spot the guy with a bloody patch on his face. Well, no, because he's not going to chop his nose off. Oh. Yeah. But he might question, where's the guy with the bloody patch <laughs> on his face? Well, I mean, this captain clearly didn't know Nykephros, because the next day, apparently, he straight away spotted the soldier again and went, hang on, you've got one too many noses. <laughs> Smell this. <laughs> yeah, your nose is still there. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, so Nykephros then asked for the captain to be brought forth. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that walk. Do you think, he said to the captain, that you have a greater concern for this army than I do? I ordered that the man who tossed away his arms receive such a punishment as a lesson to the others, so that none of them might do the same thing in imitation of his carelessness and laziness and be caught at the time of battle without their arms, and fall easy prey to the enemy. He then ordered that the captain be flogged, and his nose be cut off. Oh. Yeah. So you follow orders. You do. You do. At this point, do they, do they, do they still have their big, tall, long shield things, or are they more the shorter, sort of stumpy shields? Oh, the big, classical, rectangular yeah. shields. No, no, they, they've gone a long time ago. You should have stopped thinking about those in possibly episode three or four. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to rethink the, everything now. Yeah, I, I, this is certainely not my area of expertise, but I know that the idea of Roman shields and their rectangular shields... Uh, that was more sort of Republican. As far as I'm aware, and even then it really wasn't for that much time and well, they were really cumbersome i always thought that must yeah. be really heavy and awkward yeah they make as well the idea that roman armies all had identical matching shields and uniforms and no that's just not how it worked really they, you didn't get things made in bulk for a start so everything looks slightly different we need to do uh, a patron episode where yeah. we bust myths roman biff biff muster yeah we'll call it that <laughs> Well, just I'll, I'll just basically tell you what I think, and you go, no. Yeah, no, we That'd should. Be interesting. We could get someone on who actually knows about things. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, we should do something like that. Anyway, you don't mess around in his, in his army. That's what we were trying no. to say. Yeah. Uh, with the pass into Syria, well and truly Roman, once more, and with the bonus of Cyprus, Nikephros heads back home to celebrate in the capital. While there, however, a delegation of Bulgars arrived. They'd come to collect their payment. Oh, yeah. What about you? <laughs> well, this payment was agreed with Romanos I, linked to the marriage of his granddaughter to their king, Peter. Mm, yeah. And um, the idea was, you give us some money uh, to look after the Roman princess while she's in our land. But in actuality, it's, look, give us money and we'll be the buffer state for you. Um, because... Recently, there's uh, been some rather nasty-looking Hungarians and Russians lurking around. Oh, the Rus, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, actually, having the Bulgars, the the, the new, more polite and uh, happy Bulgars recently, you've noticed. There's been less Bulgar anger recently. That's true. Yeah, so that's calmed down. They're now more of a buffer state, and the real worry is the, the Rus and the Hungarians. You're almost paying them to be... Not quite mercenaries, but sort of, you know... Just like get a in the army. way a bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, they turn up for that payment. However, Nikephros, ever the soldier, and just having proven the might of the Roman Empire... Mm, can't argue that. Well, he wondered why exactly the Empire needed to pay the Bulgars anything at all. Ooh. In fact, I'll quote what he said to the envoys. 
It would be a dreadful fate now to befall the Romans, who destroy their every foe with armed force, if they would have to pay tribute like captives to the particularly wretched Bulgars. Did you unawares beget me as a slave? Shall I, the reverend emperor of the Romans, be reduced to paying tribute to the most wretched and abominable people? Go tell your leather-gnawing ruler, who is clad in leather jerkin, that the most mighty and great emperor of the Romans is coming immediately to your land to pay tribute in full. Our ruler's not jerkin. <laughs> That's quite harsh. It's, um, it's not the best diplomatic speech. No, it's almost reminiscent. <laughs> of current affairs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, it's, it's fighting talk. Let's call it that, shall we? I mean, we? the Bulgars could have said, well, it's not a tribute. It's just payment of an army for doing a yeah, job. Yeah, they didn't get that far because Nikephros is already putting his armour on and walking out the room. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, sure enough, he gathers his entire army. He wasn't bluffing here. He gets his whole army and he marches to the border of Bulgaria. Once there, he takes out several fortifications. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's not messing about. However, angry as he was, Nikephoros also realised that most of his troops are still in the east. Uh, the land that he's now in is actually quite hard to fight in, and historically, it's not gone too well with the Romans. No. For example, the first Nikephoros. Remember, crumb, beheading, skull, yeah. drank out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, a few words to sum that up. Yeah. So, um, Grizzly. So he decides maybe uh, he won't invade in full right now. Uh, that's not the best move. Just making a power play. Yeah. This is what I'm capable of. And also, he sends word to Sveatoslav. No way I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he is the current ruler of the Rus. Here is some gold, he said. Any chance you want to go and bash some Bulgar heads together? Because I'm a bit too busy at the moment. <laughs> now... Sveatoslav thought this was a, a great idea, actually. He'd already taken out the Khazars. Remember the Khazars? Yeah. Yeah, well, they're gone now. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, nice knowing them. Um, and, yeah, well, he figures it's time for the Russians to get a bit, a bit more land. Flex their muscle a bit. Why not? So, having given the Bulgars a good poke for their insolence and then leaving them with a war. Um, <laughs> we just sent literally two diplomats <laughs> round. I mean... <laughs> Nikephros then headed back to the capital, but it was here that he started to discover that not all was going as well as he thought. Being a man obsessed with his religion and the army, these were really the only things he ever thought about and focused on. And the public, although loving the military gains he was making, was starting to ask, exactly how much is this costing us? Why are we having to pay such high taxes? And why on earth did we just have to go to the Bulgars just then? Like, we did not need to do that. And it's costing us a fortune. Yeah. We're in fact struggling to pay for food right now, and you're raising taxes to pay for your military endeavours. In fact, we've got one story of an old man, like, grey-of-hair old man, who came up to Nikephros at this point and asked to join the army. I'll quote... Why are you, such an old fellow, in such a hurry to enlist as one of my soldiers? Because I am much stronger now than I was when I was younger, said the old man. But how can that be? asked the emperor. 
because it used to require two donkeys to carry as much grain as you could purchase for a gold piece, but under your government I can easily carry two gold pieces worth on my shoulders. Boom! <laughs> but he dropped an imaginary mic. Yeah. Walk, kicked a bit of dust back and walked off. Yeah. I'll hold off with his walking stick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't teach that young whippersnapper. <laughs> it soon became clear that in the city his popularity was starting to suffer. Do you think that was the moment you went, just a bit of a shot look in his face, and the old man was hobbling off, then just turned around with a load of angry faces? <laughs> get the impression it was a bit like that yeah i forgot about you guys i mean that that sound of cheering you've been hearing for the last hour of the march he suddenly realizes that oh no jeering jeering i just thought cheering was boo (laughs) yeah um it did not help that his brother Leo uh, had recently been put in charge of the grain distributions and apparently was taking every advantage to just make money. Yeah. Soon enough, word spread that both the Focus brothers were making a fortune out of the starving citizens. A situation made even worse when the earthquake hit. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was a big one. It caused a lot of disruption. Um, famine starts to kick in. Uh, yeah. Still, Nykephros did not pay heed to the rumours, and he decided to cheer everyone up. He was going to set up a spectacle in the Hippodrome. Killing all the people that hate me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a spectacle. <laughs> it's a spectacle. Oh. Uh, n- not quite. People were used to chariot races. Yeah. Yeah. But Nykephros had something else in mind. He was a military man, so he was going to show them a mock battle, like the good old days. After the final race, at a, a casual signal... Soldiers start to pour into the Hippodrome with their swords drawn. Now the crowd, already unsure about the Emperor after all the taxes and uh, just rumours going around that actually Nykephros was a bit, bit off. They start to panic. They just assumed, understandably, they were all about to be massacred. Mm. And I'll quote, Quite a few deaths resulted from the shoving and the chaotic rush as many were trampled underfoot and miserably suffocated. This tragic event was a beginning of hatred for the Emperor in the capital. Now, according to the sources, it genuinely was a mock battle that he just prepared. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently... He must the... been so disappointed. Well, bizarrely, the, the sources and then the history books that I read around it all said the same thing, which was the crowd calmed down when they noticed that the Emperor was simply calmly sitting there, not reacting. It makes <laughs> a side look of horror on his face. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. If I thought the Emperor had ordered a massacre saying kill them all, all of them, I wouldn't assume he'd then be jumping up and down dancing. I'd expect him to be sitting there casually watching with an evil grin on his face. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a sign that he didn't mean to do it. So I don't know. I don't know whether this was a show of force. Or, or m- maybe if in that kind of event the Emperor would leave. Yeah. You know, because it's a... Anyway, apparently everything did calm down. For a few hours, because then the riots start in the streets when oh. people realise just how many people have died. Yeah, um, it took a while to calm those down. Quite a bit of damage. Yeah. Uh, but it was calmed. Then a few days later, uh, a woman shouted abuse at Nykephros whilst he was riding through the city. Uh, something to do with one of her relatives being trampled to death or something? Yeah. Something like just that. Just whining then. Yeah, uh, and then, <laughs> then she threw a stone. Oh, yeah, her and her daughter were captured and burnt to death. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
not not great. Nykephros starts to become a bit paranoid. The public mood swiftly turns against him. Uh, and then uh, Nykephros hears rumours of his impending death. He ordered that part of the palace be fortified, so he builds this almost like a citadel within the palace. A place where he can retreat to if he needs to. And he moves his family into it. Oh, can do some private monkeying in there as well. He could do, yeah. Still, Nykephros is not one to just sit around and mope. He's not going to let his gains in the East go to nothing, so he heads out to campaign once more. Perhaps... He'd win some support with the people if he makes more military gains. Now that the pass into Syria was fully theirs, and uh, Sife's emirate uh, in Sicilia was pretty much fallen, it was time to go and get Syria properly. Or more precise, Antioch. Ah. Now, Antioch, as I've said, it's not quite as important as it was 300 years ago when it fell, but, I mean, it's still a major city. Uh, More importantly, it's still got all its defences. So it's arguably one of the hardest cities in the world to take at the moment because it used to be such an important city. I guess a lot of it will be sort of historical pride as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Antioch was the the third city in the empire for quite a while. Uh, So it's like if you can get Antioch back, you can really start to say that this is a real rise of the Roman Empire again. It used to be like Rome, Birmingham, Antioch. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, he gets to Antioch, he sieges it for a while, he puts on a display of force, but he does realise that, actually, no, I don't think I can take this. This is a really well-defended city. Yeah. In fact, I'll quote, I would not hesitate to call foolish, or indeed criminally stupid, the man who destroyed and ravaged his own land with repeated raids and sallies by his army up and down this country. So he tries to turn it into a positive. So I'm not saying I can't take it, but it would do too much damage to this land, which is going to be ours again. Hmm. So we, we don't need to take Antioch. That's a good, good saving face there. Yeah. Instead, he decides to just bypass Antioch and go deeper into Syria. The campaign went well. In fact, I'll quote Leo the Deacon here. He summarises it quite neatly. The Emperor Nikephoros raided Syria and its coastline in this way driving off all opposition, plundering with impunity, and capturing a great many towns. Then, after constructing in three days and garrisoning a secure fortress in the most advantageous location in the vicinity of Great Antioch, he returned to the capital. Now, those of you who are listening who like their military history might be Hugely disappointed how much I'm skipping over this campaign, but there simply is not time. All you need to know is that he does pretty well here yeah we're we're now no longer just like nipping into syria we're we're now deep almost getting down towards egypt kind of area wow okay yeah um Mm. he doesn't take antioch uh the sources differ why Uh, apparently the weather was really bad um apparently it's what he's telling the senate when he got yeah it's it, it just the weather's <laughs> bad I, I need to get back home because uh, it's the Fano's birthday soon i left the island so, as well yeah sure that. anyway head home he does uh he leaves one of his chief eunuchs in charge over in the east in that fortress to overlook antioch uh, his name's peter he also leaves uh, a man named michael bortzies who's also a a prominent man in the army. Just pay attention to him slightly. Anyway, they were both told, Peter and Michael, do nothing, don't do anything, until further orders. Just keep an eye on the city over there. Just keep this area that we've just raided settled so we can think about maybe what we can do with it in the future. However, if Nykephros had hoped the success of raiding Syria would bring back his popularity, 
He was disturbed to find that the capital seemed more hostile to him than ever once he returned. It would appear that the guard in the city were taking advantage of the fact that they had an emperor who appreciated military matters more than anything else. They figured they could get away with what they want. Like, Ephros would look after his own. Apparently, citizens were afraid to come out after dark because uh, the guard were roaming the streets kind of thing. Dear. Yeah. City, not happy. It doesn't help that Nykephros became more and more paranoid. He became convinced that he was about to die. There was a rumour that if the Romans took the city of Antioch, it would spell out his own death. Good thing he hadn't taken Antioch, he thought. Roger turns up. Hello, sir. Good news. (laughs) We've taken Antioch. (laughs) Oh, son of a... (laughs) Yeah, but Bouncies had completely ignored the order to do nothing and had taken the city. Uh, Peter was in charge, but Batseed had snuck off one rainy night and used a spy to gain access to two towers in the wall of the city. He then sent word to Peter, saying, you best come quick, because there's no way I can hold this with the few (laughs) men I brought with me. There's three of us. Yeah, and it will look very embarrassing if we die, so you best come with the army now and uh, come on. Peter, somewhat reluctantly, because he didn't want to ignore the Emperor's orders, went to Batsy's aid. With that part of the wall taken, the morale in the city plummeted, and just like that, Antioch was taken. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it turned out quite easy to take it then. It turned out, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter did it by accident almost. Yeah. Whoops. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I wasn't Sorry, supposed sir. to take the city. <laughs> and one job. Yeah. Uh, Nikephoros was not happy. If the prophecy story is true, then... That means he's fearing for his life now. If it's not true, uh, well, he's got commanders on the field who are completely ignoring him. That's Mm. not good. They're thinking for themselves. Exactly. Bouncies and Peter were stripped of their commands and publicly condemned for their actions and sent into exile. This didn't go down well with the public. Antioch was, 300 years ago, as we've said, a big deal in the Roman Empire, and it's kind of now back sort of details are unclear uh, but i mean we've taken we've like taken the city i think yeah. this is huge this is as big as when rome came back into the empire for a bit kind of thing or if they managed to get alexandria back this is a big deal yeah to the public and the emperor's publicly shaming the people who did it yeah, I mean, it's obviously a, a, the disconnect between the military mind yeah. and the Roman proud mind, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of... It also didn't help that around this time, Nikephros also became paranoid that John Zimiskis was getting too popular as well. Ooh. He was also exiled. Yeah. Again, didn't go down well with the public. He was more hated than ever. He was seen as an insecure, petty, vengeful man. Yeah. It's around this time that the envoys from Otto the Great arrived. Now, those familiar with Nykephros' story might be wondering why I've talked so little about the West. To put it bluntly, time reasons. (laughs) I can't cover literally everything. But we've suddenly reached an area of Roman history where we've got so many sources... I now have to actually choose what to cover and what not to instead of just covering everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so all you need to know, really, is that there has also been fighting with the Caliphate in Sicily. It had not gone well at all. And also, in the West, King Otto, mentioned in the last episode and briefly in this one, has become Otto the Great, Holy Roman Emperor. Like, literally just. For the first time in decades, someone was claiming to be Emperor of the West. 
Now, if you remember, there was some suggestion of a marriage alliance between Romanos II and a niece of Otto's, but Romanos decided to choose Theophano instead. Hmm. Now, Otto was still not best pleased about this, and tensions ran high between East and the newly re-established West. So attempting to solve things diplomatically, after a little bit of fighting, to be fair, that we haven't got time to go into, um, Otto sends some envoys to the capital to see if they can like sort things out. Yeah. yeah. And he sent none other than Luprand. Oh. He is the source. You do know Luprand. He's the source who gave so much detail recently. He's the one who talked about werewolves in Bulgaria, the lion story with Romanos one. Oh! He's the one who I quoted huge chunks of about his visit, and he saw the... Uh, the up throne that chair. went up and yeah. down. Yeah, um, he's a bit older now, but he's he's back in Constantinople and he's meeting the new emperor. As accurate as always. As accurate as always. Um, and unfortunately, we don't have time to do the same amount as quoting as we did last time because, like Ephros, his episodes a lot longer. Uh, but just know that Lupin gives just as much detail this time as he does last time, if not more. If you're listening and you've not read. Luprand, then go and do it. He's a great source. Um, also, no, he does not in any way, shape, or form like Nikephoros. Ah. Because Nikephoros treats Luprand about the same as he treated the Bulgar envoys. Oh, it's like yeah, any, not even threat, just uh, any slight towards him. He takes very badly. He, he is what's known as bad diplomacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, his forte. Yeah, uh, he like Ephros talked to Luprand in in his usual way, and Luprand, when it came to describing the emperor, got his revenge because this is how Nikephros is described. He is a monstrosity of a man, <laughs> with a broad, flat head and tiny eyes like a mole, pig-like by reason of big, close bristles on his head. As the poet says, you would not like to meet him in the dark. That's a sick burn there. <laughs> Which I quite like. I don't know if you would not like to meet him in the dark is a, like a, a, a modern idiom that has been translated from an old one yeah. just to get the kind of feeling, or whether that is an illiteral translation. Things don't go diplomatically no. well between East and West. And then things get worse for the Emperor when Bardos dies. Oh. Aged 90. Wow, that's very good. Yeah. Considering the, the probably the average age was like 30. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, he lasted. Considering he had a chunk of his head missing, he lasted well. Probably Jeff died as well at the same time. <laughs> I mean, he would have died roughly the same time, because he was buried with Bardos. <laughs> Not intentionally. No. <laughs> he's just, he's lowering the coffin in. Yeah. <laughs> People wondered, should, should we stop? Should I mean, we help him he's up? He's crying for help, but... Oh, just, just keep going, it's... <laughs> That's a pain, isn't it? Yeah. Well, don't, out don't worry, James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your son will carry on, don't worry. So, uh, <laughs> Night Kefros mourned for a while. And then one day, as he was passing through a city that was growing ever hostile to him, a man thrust a note into his hand. Oh, Emperor, although I am but a worm upon this earth, it has been revealed to me that in the third month, after the coming September, you shall die. Christmas. Close. Yeah, that's quick maths, I'm impressed. Yeah. December time, definitely. Yeah, Christmas. Christmas. Not good. I mean, Antioch had been taken, so the oh prophecy. Dear. Yeah. And, and this definitely happened as well, so well, it's even more striking. Nikephoros retreated to his citadel that he had built within the palace. Then news came through. The king of the Bulgars was dead. Oh. And that was all that the Russian leader, 
the aforementioned Svetoslav to go full-on invasion mode into Bulgaria. Many saw the danger in this. The Rus cut through the weakened Bulgaria, like a paddle going through butter. <laughs> Many in the Empire asked why exactly have we weakened our recently largely peaceful neighbours and let the far more scary Russians in. Yeah. They're much better at fighting, obviously, because they've beaten the Bulgars, and, you know... Yeah, it's only a matter of time before they turn their sights on the Empire. I mean, this is going to happen. We are going to end up fighting yeah. the Rus, and this just didn't need to happen. Yeah. Might not be today. Might not be tomorrow. Might even not even be next year. But it's going to happen. All because Nikephros is bad at diplomacy. <sighs> Nikephros was pondering all this in the palace when he received another note, and yes, it is December by this point. Oh. A cold December evening. Nikephros opened the letter, and it said that men were conspiring to kill him, and he needed to be on the watch. P.S. Merry Christmas. Yes, exactly. An already paranoid emperor stewed for ten whole days, wondering whether this note was real. He ordered that the security of the palace be checked, and generally that everything was working how it should do. Then, just as I imagine he started to calm down a bit, he received another note. I'll quote this one. Protect yourself, O Emperor, for no small danger is being prepared for you this very night. The note went on to say that the attackers were hidden in the woman's quarters, waiting for nightfall. It's a bit like um, Christmas Carol, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. See if it ends the same way. <laughs> Nikephros sent his chief eunuch to go and investigate and check palace security. He waited... He waited. There was a creak. It's the chief eunuch. He's come back. Everything is fine. The woman's quarters have been turned upside down. We've found nothing. It's all okay. You did leave those ten guards in there, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Everything has been checked. It's all okay. You're shaking your head. That chief eunuch. <gasps> You're not suspicious of the chief eunuch, surely? He probably just went in to high-five the hundred soldiers in there. <laughs> Just, and just, you know, just experimenting with the clothing that's in there. <laughs> you know, just trying on, see how it looks. We'll get into that. <laughs> Next episode. Yeah, do you think the chief eunuch was literally walking past all these soldiers, but still acting as if he <laughs> yeah. was looking? Nope, can't see anything. <laughs> Not over there. Just lifting up the arm of one of the assassins. <laughs> nope, nothing under here. Yeah. Moving the shield and the sword aside. Nothing behind there. <laughs> No, everything's fine. The chief eunuch has checked everything. It's fine. You don't okay. need to worry. Right, Nikephros, however, still not happy. So he sent a letter to his brother, Leo. Grab some men, come to the palace as quick as you can. Something's going down. Follow the letter through the darkening city. Who's the next emperor? No, 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 no. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I'm going to tell you. Just follow this letter through the darkening city. Okay. So Roger. You, you're right behind Roger. You're in Roger oh. Cam. That's what you do. Oh, wow. It's very fast. <laughs> Everything's very fast. It's like the Terminator, but like on scrolls and quills. Yeah. Yeah. He sees people and little words come up next to them <laughs> yeah. on their delivery status. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awaiting. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Roger arrives where Leo is. Leo takes the letter. Roger leaves. That's his part to him. And uh, Leo places the letter next to him. He's too busy playing dice to check. Oh dear. Oh yeah. Cut back to the palace. Nikephros is still not happy. But after checking once more with the chief eunuch, apparently everything is definitely fine and accounted for. Seriously, they've checked the palace like five times now. There's nothing to worry about. So, Nikephros heads to bed with his wife. Or rather his bedroom. Because Nikephros was in the habit of sleeping on the floor. 
on a bear skin or a leopard skin, depending on the source. Interesting, it differs. <laughs> but some kind <laughs> of... feels. Yeah, some kind of skin of some vicious animal. He lies on the floor uh, wearing his hair shirt, so you can't get too comfortable because he's godly. Yeah. Yeah. Or the chief. Yeah, exactly. Um, no E45 for me. Cut back to Leo. He's finished his game of dice. It's a few hours later. He looks at the letter, reads it. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, 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 guys, quick. Yeah, he quickly gathers people and starts rushing towards the palace. Cut back to the bedroom. Theofano is not happy. All this chaos all evening, of Nikephros turning the palace over and over looking for assassins, have really upset some of the young girls that are in, currently in the palace visiting. So she wants to go and check on them because they're clearly going to be upset. She's just going to do that. Wait yeah. till I come back, and then we'll lock up properly, she says. And Theofano leaves. It's quite late, though, and Nikephros is tired after all that searching for assassins. And eventually he drifts off to sleep. Name a way you would not like to be awoken. Sword <laughs> in me. <laughs> it's not quite this. He is just kicked in the stomach. Possibly the face, who knows. Oh, that's not nice. He is literally kicked awake. Remember, he's on the floor. So he is given a hefty boot and he's woken up. I think they like pulled straw so he gets to do the kick. <laughs> Don't worry, though. Like, in get the corner of the room. <laughs> in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the kick jolts him awake. He pushes himself up onto one elbow, just in time to feel a sword slice through his face. Oh. Cracking his skull. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a blunt force trauma, then. Or sharp force trauma. Yeah. He's not dead, though. He is then dragged across the room, his vision probably blurring, the blood dripping from yeah. his face, pouring, pouring from his face. Apparently he was repeating the words, Lord have mercy, mother of God help me. But he quietened down when through the blood and the haze, he saw a figure calmly sitting on the end of his bed. Who's it going to be? Oh, I think I know. Go on. You, you hinted at this at the beginning of the episode, because it's always the woman. No. Oh, isn't Theophile? It is not Theophile. Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> the eunuch. It's not the chief eunuch. It's his brother. It's not his brother. His brother, by oh. the way, is currently rushing through the streets, hearing people screaming that the emperor's been killed. Oh. Yeah, he's getting close to the palace when, like, he realises he's, he's a quite bit drunk. too late. I like to think he does that thing when you're trying to catch a bus, and you realise you suddenly miss it, and you turn your run into a kind of casual drop. Yeah. You check your watch, and a kind of, yeah. oh, oh, no, I wasn't yeah. running. I was, uh, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. He whistles a bit, and then yeah. just... <laughs> Take a side street. <laughs> New pub. <laughs> I gotta get out of town. <laughs> so no, no, it's not Leo. Then I don't know. John Zimiskis. Oh really? Oh yes. Oh the guy died. He, he'd been. He'd been so though. loyal before. Shouldn't yeah. have exiled him, should he? No. No. There was a bit more to this story. Uh, he'd recently been brought back to the city because Theofano had convinced. Uh, Nike Ephros, that perhaps he shouldn't have banished Zimiskis. So uh, he was back. That's in... right. Yeah, yeah. It turned out that Nike Ephros was on the money. I'll just quote The Emperor was covered all over with blood and stained with red. When he was dragged over, prostrate, and collapsing on the floor, for he was not even able to rise to his knees, since his gigantic strength had been sapped by the blow of the sword. John Zimiskis questioned him in a threatening manner, saying, 
Tell me, you most ungrateful and malicious tyrant. Wasn't it through me that you attained the Roman rule and received such power? Why then did you disregard such a good turn, and driven by envy and evil frenzy, did you not hesitate to remove me, your benefactor, from command of the troops? Instead, you dismissed me to waste my time in the countryside with peasants, like some alien without rights. Even though I am more brave and vigorous than you, the armies of the enemy fear me. There is no one now who can save you from my hands. Speak then, if you have any grounds of defence remaining against these charges. To which apparently Nikephoros replied, gurgle, 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 splutter. Because <laughs> he was in a bad way by <clears throat> this yeah, point. It's like his jaw's been almost cut in two, I imagine. So. Yeah. I carry on the quote here. John grabbed hold of his beard, Nikephoros's beard, and pulled it mercilessly, while his fellow conspirators cruelly and inhumanely smashed his jaw with their sword handles. Oh. So as to shake loose his teeth and knock them out of the jawbone. When they had had their fill of tormenting him, John kicked him in the chest, raised up his sword, and drove it through the middle of his brain. Ooh. One last small quote. Such was the end of the life of the Emperor Nikephoros. <laughs> there you go. That's Nikephoros. He's well dead then, isn't he? Well, he's well dead. That was a <laughs> nasty way to go. Yeah. Should we rate him? Yeah. Fightius Maximus. Well, this is his round. Oh, it is. You're not going to argue with this one, are you? Uh, let's start with a bit of personal fighting, shall we? Yep. He did it. Well, I'll quote. <laughs> This is whilst he was on Crete. Nikephoros aimed his spear at his chest and thrust it with both hands. The force was so great the spear went through him, piercing both sides of the breastplate. He literally skewered a man wearing a breastplate. Apparently, if we can believe this. Yeah, it didn't, but that sounds but cool. That's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One-handed as well. Yes. Um, Lifted him up, spun him around like one of those spinny plates, you know, put on a stick. Yeah. So he personally fought... And he was good at it. Yeah. Every sword thrust, he got closer to God. <laughs> yeah, he, he is um, also, I've not put it into my notes, but you've reminded me of something. He is also one of the earlier um, campaigners for Holy War. Uh, he, he wanted soldiers to be reassured that they'd definitely go to heaven if they could kill in the name of God. Yeah. He loved his fighting and his religion. He did. He did. Anyway, he wrote a military manual that was widely used and is still around today. Hmm. Uh, this is an impress impressive document. War for dummies. Uh, yes. Uh, but it also, you get, you get uh, a sense of his tone, shall we say. How would you imagine a military manual would sound? Um, first, remove the muzzle from the rifle and yeah. insert into slot The enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, uh, not quite. With God lending us aid through the intercession of his Immaculate Mother, the enemy will be routed by this triangular formation of the cataphracts. For the enemy's spears and pikes will be shattered by the cataphracts, and their arrows will be ineffective, whereupon the cataphracts will smash in the heads and the bodies of the enemy with their iron maces and sabres. They will break in and dismember their formation, and from there break through and so completely destroy them. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Very flamboyant. 
Yeah, he seems like a very angry man. <laughs> he really does, yeah. Yeah. Like an inner rage there, isn't there? Yeah, you get the sense that if you were not very Christian, he had no time for you, no, apart from yeah. the time it took for you to die. He's <laughs> <sighs> got all the time in the world for that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, very fighty. And then we've got bigger city stuff. I mean, he took many cities in the East, including the sacking of Aleppo, the taking of Tarsus, and under his rule, Antioch. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. He also took a lot of land in the East. I mean, Scythe's emirate's pretty much gone. It's debatable whether the Romans really hold that land in Syria now, but, I mean, they're, they're getting there with it. Yeah, they've, they've put a flag in it. Yeah. Uh, Crete is now theirs. Cyprus is now theirs. And we have not seen gains like this since Justinian. Mm. I mean, we, we've had, like, Heraclius lost lots and then gained a huge amount and then lost a huge amount. It's, yeah. it's So he was good as well. But, yeah, these are good gains. Good gains. And he, he, hasn't, he hasn't lost anything. He did lose stuff. I just yeah. didn't focus on it as much. Uh, near the start of his reign, he, like I say, he sent some people to uh, Sicily right. to do some fighting over there to try and gain some hold on the island. It, it just didn't work. I was excited because the commander he sent was called Manuel. Oh. And I thought, oh my God, Manuel's back. Turned out this guy was useless. It's like, he's clearly oh. not Manuel. No. Because if it was Manuel, he would have gone over with his little black cigarette and just... Uh, this is how you do it. <laughs> and then he would have saved Nykephros' life right at the end. Just oh, to, yeah. Just as he was about to be killed, Manuel would have swung through the window, kicked Zimiskis off the bed. He'd already be in the room. They'd see a flash <gasps> in the corner, cigarette lit. A little, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> then just flicks his black cigarette in the he... corner. <laughs> Blows them all away. He was the best in the book. Oh! <laughs> he stands up. Yes. He's, the best in the book still wrapped around him, so it kind yeah. of looks like there's a bear just smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, it was not to be, and it wasn't that Manuel. Would have been a very different story if it was. Amazing. It would. Um, so anyway, <laughs> as I, we're trying to say, he did sometimes lose. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, the whole stuff with the Bulgars. I mean, yeah, he went and he knocked some heads together and then he passed it over to the Rus, but he really shouldn't have done that. That no. was a bad fighting decision, although it was arguably good fighting. Yeah, in hindsight, strategically, it wasn't the best idea. No. But he definitely managed to kill some people who weren't Romans. Yeah, which he loves to. He loves to. I, kill he loves to day. kill people in the name of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dear Lord, thank you for the death. <laughs> so, I mean, what what are you thinking? What where's your ballpark? Here? I'm thinking like eight. Yeah, I, I, I might even go into nine. I mean, this is this is the best we've seen in a very long time. Oh yeah. Maybe he's giddy with excitement. Maybe. I mean, it's always hard to say. If, you, if you'd if you plunked him, uh, I don't know, next to Heraclius or Justinian or Aurelian in the first series, we're not talking a huge area here, no. but the colouring in of the map is starting to go in the other direction. It is, yeah. yeah. You don't need your rubber anymore. But those people who hold the map and do the colouring in, they're getting very excited. Yeah. They're cracking out the fact That's tips. a sharp in their pencil, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's brilliant. So, I don't need the rubber. Um, I'm giving me eight. Yeah, you know what? I think eight's, eight's about right. I'm going to go for I think eight. for nine, I'd want more. If he had personally taken Antioch, I definitely would have gone for nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, actually, the military manual, though. That's good. No, I'm going nine. I'm doing it. I'm going you doing nine? No, I'm not eight. What? <laughs> eight. <clears throat> okay. On the 16 cusp. or 17, once again. It's getting, it's getting 17. I'm going 9. You're going 9. 
Yeah. Really? Yeah, no, I'm doing it. Nine seems too high, but 17 seems right. <laughs> okay, he's now got a nine. Yeah. He's now got 17. No, no, he's got 16. I'm going for 16. <laughs> no, seriously, 16. I'm going to stay there now. I'm going to stay. Oh, if only the listeners could see the look on your face now. <laughs> the pages in the book are quite thin. Well, he's so through. Okay, I can turn the eight into a nine quite easy. The nine to an eight quite easily. Yeah. For now, a total of 16. Yeah. A seven can become a six fairly easily. Right. No. No. <laughs> Next round, quickly. Caprovium crazium. Um, it doesn't really. I, I was really surprised when I was compiling this. I was expecting, okay, so what are we going to put in here? And I, then I stopped and thought about it. I mean, yeah, okay, he literally rams spears through people occasionally. But the soldiers was, did that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's not crazy. Uh, he was a harsh uh, commander. Yes. But, I mean, that's discipline in a army in the middle ages i mean you, you need to it is harsh to us isn't it yeah um oh you say middle ages yeah that's where we are now wow yeah let's face it we're in the 10th century we're not in the not in the ancients no no we're not no um he was very pious he didn't really get up to too much in the way of scandal he did oversee some massacres which isn't great yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially in Crete. I mean, th th that city was taken apart, apparently. Uh, he usurped, but kind of on the request of the Augusta, and actually, little Basil and little Constantine, perfectly safe under him. He didn't try and start his own dynasty. He really does yeah. seem to have been holding it. Which is unusual for the time. Yeah. I mean, he made his father Caesar. He didn't make anyone younger than him Caesar in an obvious, yeah, we need an heir who could take over if I happen to die tomorrow. But... Let's give it to someone older than me, because really, yeah. it's Basil and little Constantine. So, actually, that seems fine. He did go a bit paranoid towards the end, though. He did build his citadel in his palace. Um, he did burn a couple of people alive, but they did physically attack the emperor, and that kind of thing happens when you physically attack emperors. If you don't think that's going to give it away, how old was he when he died, roughly? He's in his 60s. Okay. He also quite obviously hadn't... Well, it might not be an affair, but you know, he, he you know tried to have his way with the emperor. Well, uh, you, this is debatable. Um, you get some historians saying that he obviously was very pious and he never wanted to go near her, and he was speaking the truth. Uh, he did want to go to his monastery. Um, this well, was a mar marriage of convenience with Athanasius. Athanasius. Yeah, uh, you get some historians who say that the description from Luprand was accurate. He was a hideous-looking monster of a man, and Theophano probably wouldn't have touched him with a broom handle. But it's really hard to judge through this much time. Um, he's not really a high score anyway, is he? He's, he's not, which seems weird, because... He's brutal and harsh, but that's not crazy. Am that's I just... forgetting something? I don't think I am. No, he's, he's quite harsh, but, yeah, he, he's not cruel, he's not mean. It's just he's almost following to the letter what the army would have done at the time. It's contextually yeah. normal, if that makes and sense. And he exiles. He exiled uh, Joseph Brengus instead of killing him. Soldier's nose cut off. Well, discipline in the army. Yeah. I'm going to go for three. I'm going to go for two. Okay. Five. Successes ultimates. Right, this one's really hard. Well, because we now have multiple detailed sources, um, we have a problem where the sources hugely differ on how much they like Nykerfros. Like, yeah. ridiculously. 
arguably more so than any other emperor we've ever covered. We've got Leo the Deacon, who seems to think that the empire prospered under Knight Kefros. Knight Kefros was a good caretaker emperor, not the best at everything, but generally was alright. Yeah. Uh, Leo the Deacon states that had he lived longer, the empire surely would have prospered even more. Then you've got Skylitzes who says that he's a selfish ruler who only really cared for war and God. And then you've got Luprand, who practically calls him a literal monster. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got a couple of other smaller sources uh, that give a very mixed picture. The balance, I'd say, seems to be that he was obviously very good with military matters, but awful at diplomacy. Oh, yeah. And the actual running of an empire. He yeah. taxed the city so heavily for his wars that he became hated. He must have been awful at ruling, because he was yeah. the general darling. He was the empire's military captain who everyone loved and within just a few years because his rule wasn't long he was despised so he must have done some pretty bad ruling to for for his popularity to plummet so quickly like he said he was a military man or he's that was his focus that was his priority yeah and the rest just sort of fell by the wayside just taxing was a means to an end so we've got the fact that the empire's expanded points but actually the people seem miserable under him and we always said this about how the yeah Rome exactly would be affected or, or of the people or how good was he i mean was he a good ruler do they need to be raiding antioch they certainly don't need to be picking on the bulgars he didn't want to raid antioch well well so it's a syrian area yeah, yeah yeah so um i don't think he can score that highly here. no i i've got to give him some points for expanding the empire uh yeah i'm i can't go much above five though i'm not even going to go that high i'm going to really? give him a three really oh, i was going to go to five at least because he did expand the empire so much he brought in a lot of wealth to start with but he squandered that though unfortunately that's the negative though that wouldn't push it beyond yeah. five i'm going five i i'm swayed by the public opinion he must have done something wrong to be that hated i'm going to stay on three it's three. I'm going to go for a rare time where we're a couple of points away from each yeah, other. Still, yeah. Okay. Eight. Next. Image of Here he is. Interesting. Interesting uh, picture of him. Very Eastern looking. Yes. Uh, he, he does not look like what we've seen, but that is partly because, and I'm bending the rules slightly here, as I've always said that we can have an image that was created during the Roman Empire. We're about 100 years after the fall. We're in the 16th century here. So we can say that looks nothing like him. Oh, yeah, but it's by far better than the coin. So it, yeah. it's, a, it's a painting of a man in, let's face it, he's wearing wizard robes. He really is. Yeah, big red robe. <clears throat> he's got a fancy hat on. He's got a curved sword. Which is interesting. Which is uh, very Which stylish. is more economical for a sword fighter. Yeah. So it goes through things. Oh, right, okay. Rather than... Yeah, like no. the blunt force trauma is like oh, slices through. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's got his beard. He's got a wispy beard. It's not the best beard. No, and hair a bit like yours. Yeah, he's alright. So it's alright. Yeah, it's alright. I quite like it because it's different, but he's losing points because I've had to bend the rules to use the image. <laughs> um, six. I'll give him five. Okay, 11. 2.75. 10 would be 2.5. It's one more. Yeah, 2.75. Temple completed. How long does he last? Six years. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> 963 to 969. That must have been a terrible six years then for the country. Well, yeah, this is it. You see, I had the advantage of knowing it was six years that his popularity managed to fall so hard. Sorry, I said he died in the 60s earlier, didn't I? 
He would have been 57 when he died. Okay. Now I think about That's it, yeah. So in six years, he went from the Empire's golden boy to being despised, despite the fact he kept winning militarily. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that gives him a score of 0.75. There we go. Got a score. Go on up. 32.5. 32.5. That's not bad. 30s club. It's not amazing. Low 30s. He needed a bit more scandal. He needed to be a bit more successful. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. One question, though. Do they have a certain genesis? This is debatable. Because he is easily, hands down, the best fighter emperor we have had in a very long time. I saw. Do you want to give it to him? It's quite a good story. He's got a brilliant death. Yeah. I mean, it's not fighting off assassins with a massive cross on an altar. It's not being dragged through the woods by a stag. No. But just, it's bizarrely, it's the sitting on the bed thing that that gets it for me. It's the fact that he was dragged across the room and he looks up and then he sees his old friend just sitting on the edge of the bed. It's almost Tarantino-esque. Yeah. The brutality and the, come on. Oh, oh yeah, and then they start, oh, it gets... Brutal, doesn't it? There is actually more to this story, but obviously Nykephros wouldn't have been aware of it. So we are going to wait until Simiski's episode, and then we'll see exactly how it happened. But yeah, no, it's a good story. Should he? Look how much he did for the Empire. We haven't seen this kind of expansion. Can't remember when. (laughs) Yeah. Go on, do it. Yes! Let's have it. Well done! Well done, you you hair shirt-wearing... Crazy man. Yeah. Oh, we need to get poppers and the trumpets back, don't we? Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. So it already happens now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. We've got well, we've got John next. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, I mean, he sat on the oh, edge yeah. of the bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Holding a crown in his hand, wearing purple. I mean, it's a bit of a giveaway, I guess. And of course, we have little Basil. Oh. And little Constantine. So we might be cracking out the old Genesis are again soon. Well, hey. Well, thank you for downloading us um, on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, where it's called. And um, thank you for following us on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, don't forget, uh, the competition is still open. Oh, we got close, didn't we? We got close. I saw the, the Twitter for oh. Julia Dokes. Julia managed to get a photograph of Caracalla, but did not get a photo of a pet lion in the same shot. So you lose, Julia. You lose. But you were close. So. Close. You are closest yeah, so yeah. far. So you are the best loser. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else is just a loser at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. A, a Claudius with a Rocky definitely trumps a Caracalla and a, uh, oh, a, yeah, a yeah. toy lion. Yeah. Um, a gold flake and an innocent shot also would be very good. Though. That'd be amazing. Anyway, so uh, yeah. Come on. Get cracking with that. Yeah. Thank we, you. We want to see it. Yep. Do it. Um, uh, thank you for listening to us, and we'll see you next time. Okay, then. Goodbye. Good- oh, no, that's how Americans sign off. Just yeah. a straightforward goodbye. Yeah. We're more relaxed over here. Uh, until next time. I'm going to kill you, but I'm doing it for the name of God. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
has not been entered into lightly and today they publicly declare their private devotion to his second spouse. The essence of this commitment is a long-lasting acceptance of eternal love, even when a spouse sadly passes away. But it still counts. You're still married, deal with it. A good and balanced relationship is one in which neither person is overpowered nor absorbed by the other, nor previously married. Marriage is ideally is a sharing of responsibilities, hopes and dreams, and a union in which they were both hopefully not doing it before. Uh, uh, it takes a special po effort Polietus. to... What the hell is this? It's my speech. You're getting married. I know I'm getting married, Polyactus. What's with all the second marriage stuff? I'm just following the rules. Cut it out. I'll do what I can. It takes a special effort to marry two people that have already been married to before. Speaking through this thick layer of sin is quite a struggle, I shall be quite honest. The retching and the vile vomiting of the fetid sin that encapsulate this union will be a curse and a flame upon any future children you have, and be cursed for right, <coughs> right, Yes. That'll do, Patriarch. Are you sure I have a song? Sin, 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 sin. Right, if you can believe John the Deacon. John uh, Deacon, good bass player. No, it's not John the Deacon, is it? Leo the Deacon. If you can believe Leo the Deacon, um, that's probably why I put John the Deacon, because I'm <laughs> thinking of John the Deacon. <laughs> anyway.